everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We are so excited to talk today with Susanna Rocamo. For those of you who have followed Ice Dance from the early 90s, you know that Susanna was a former Finnish competitive ice dancer with her husband, Petri Koko. They were the 1995 European champions, two-time world medalists, and finished 6th at the 1992 Olympics and 4th at the 1994 Olympics. After her competitive career, Susanna became the president of the Finnish Figure Skating Association. She's now the vice president of the Finnish Olympic Committee. Susanna is one of four nominees for the position of International Skating Union President to replace Jan Dykema, who is not seeking another term. The president will be decided at the ISU Council in Phuket, Thailand on June 6th through 10th. So we want to welcome Susanna to This Week in Skating. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for inviting. <laughs> so I think to start off, um, why did you decide to run to be the ISU president? How did your candidacy come about? Well, uh, first of all, I've been over 50 years in skating, so... I, I kind of been around for a long time and I've done quite a many things. Uh, so I've been a first um, small skater, then a, like, a little bit bigger one. So I skated singles, then I changed to ice dance. I, I formed the club. There was no nothing else uh, after we finished in Finland in, in ice dance. So I formed the club, started out all over again. Then uh, somebody asked me to, uh, like, uh, why don't you begin, uh, like, start as a president of the Finnish figure skating? I, I had never thought about becoming, a, like, a lead in, in sport. Okay, but then I said, okay, <laughs> yeah, the sport has given me so much, so why not? And, and, um, and then I, I started, I was 10 years, and... In the meanwhile, I got into the Olympic Committee, into the European Olympic Committee. I actually applied also to come to the ISU Development Commission and, and been six years there and kind of, okay, time to change. And then I, I, was, I was approached by quite many um, federation presidents asking, like, could I consider? And then I started to to think about the, the, the issue and, and really being in a mon many position in sports leadership and also uh, within skating. So, the, so then I said like, yeah, okay. So, so uh, would I have anything to, to give and what would I vision and what, what would be the meaning me to run and then I really started to think about discuss with people and and then I said okay yeah why not that's the position where I can really make a change. Not since 1980 was there an ISU president that was a figure skater so what does that mean that you are here running for the ISU president as a figure skater? Mm. Well, yes, it's, of course it is. And I, I think it's time for figure skating uh, to have a president. So, so yes, it is time. But at the same time, I mean, uh, working six years uh, on bo like both branches, 
with all the disciplines. So I think that is, is um, it's, it's a very exciting uh, like um, uh, federation to run because there's so many different uh, um, ways of being on skates and, and, and we have uh, for individual sports and we have uh, like a small team like uh, pair uh, disciplines, uh, ice dance and, and, and pair skating. And then we have team sport um like like synchronized skating then we have this this uh, the speed skating um in a two different ways the short track and uh, and a long track long track really for the record kind of a um, um interested and and about the number crunchers really about the technicians and then then the short track is is really for a wild ones <laughs> so, <laughs> so so i think it's it's kind of fascinating what kind of wide range we have to offer for for different kind of people and fans so I'd say it's very exciting yeah you know I'm just gonna say I sometimes forget that the ISU has <laughs> all of those disciplines and stuff I forget about speed skating just because of our my figure skating background I forget so now that you just ex- like explained all of the areas that the ISU covers it is a lot <laughs> you know and again I forget about that because I'm so stuck in the figure skating realm that I forget we, although there's also speed skating, short track and long track, and then we have synchronized. So yeah, it's a lot of different areas that the ISU definitely covers. Exactly. But there's so many similarities still. Like I, I noticed it when working in development and we've been kind of a, um, with my colleagues uh, constantly thinking about kind of a, how do we approach it? How can we create something that is meaningful for everybody and all the branches, uh, like the both branches and all the disciplines? Like, what do we have to, how do we model them so that it, it, it really, really makes sense? And, and it's actually, it's a nuances that we have to kind of do differently for each of the, the disciplines, but but we can kind of approach it very similar ways. And so so I I see the really a richness of, of of the different disciplines. I'm a kind of eager person and I I, I <laughs> finding a new way of looking it. So it's kind of exciting. <laughs> Yeah. I think innovation in itself is very exciting. Finding new ways to do things to be efficient and also get a even better result can be so invigorating and exciting. And to hear you talking about it and being so passionate, it's mm-hmm. that's really exciting as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, innovation is and creativity is 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 something that I it's been driven me all my life and and so much that I did my PhD kind of studying it like okay so what <laughs> is creativity and and kind of how people can be even more creative like in all uh, walks of life so so uh, not only in a what we call creative uh, fields but but everybody how how to how to be more creative to to foster innovation and change and and when the world is changing at, at the rapid pace, so it's actually more important than ever to be able to tap on those like people resources, yeah. people who, who make the change. I agree. And I think over the last two years, things have changed a great deal going through the COVID mm-hmm. pandemic. 
we've all had to face in personal professional lives and the skaters especially in their training lives have had to they've had to think differently and be more efficient because their training time has been severely impacted mm-hmm. and i think you're right i think the world is an ever-changing place and we need to continue to change and evolve with it as we go we really have to to make those changes and we have to be open to it it's kind of like having that open heart approach i'm someone who's very resistant to change i like new things but i also like the comfort of it being similar or the same i think that change in a good way is something that can be embraced easier and i think the approach to how you implement the change and how it's received can really affect the success of it because everyone mm. is so different because you're not only dealing with an ever-changing world you're dealing with a lot of people with different personalities and different ways exactly. yeah mm. exactly and and there's always like the the pioneers trying out things and and but we have to kind of take everybody uh along uh in that change and in that pace that they kind of um, are comfortable with. And I think that, that there is always the kind of big stretch on, on, on those who are uh, really kind of exploring and, and finding it. And, and then, then uh, the rest of uh, us can then, then follow up. But uh, so we need the both. Otherwise, also the explorers might <laughs> kind of get kind of everything burned. <laughs> so, so there needs to be balance. <laughs> I had a boss once who told me that change is uncomfortable sometimes at first. And you have to allow yourself to feel the discomfort and process it so you can learn to move beyond it. And I think... That it may be similar with moving skating forward. It's going to be a little uncomfortable maybe for some people at first, but in the long run, to bring it to where it needs to be, it's a journey. And we've all, you know, been on this journey. I'm excited to see, you know, what the next president can do to continue the evolution. Yeah, and I see that when there's a, like a... Um, situations like let's say covid so who nobody could really anticipate and 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 be prepared for mm-hmm. but uh again like things happen and 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 the world brings new challenges but it also brings at the same time uh opportunities like when something changes there are always opportunities and and that's the kind of a time as well it's it uh, need to be kind of a putting our heads together and think about okay so so how in this situation we should approach the world because still uh the fans want to see skating the skaters want to skate and and <laughs> so so what can we do in this situation <laughs> so, and that's what I, actually what we started doing during the the pandemic we got the, the e-learning really greatly working uh, supporting skating, uh, I think it it helped us to to really push that forward. Uh, started uh, virtual competitions, so mm-hmm. concept, uh, which I think uh, it's of course it's not going to replace like a championships, 
but it gives the possibilities to compete around the world uh, with different people without traveling and, and also connecting uh, places that usually are not connected. I'm always thinking about like South Africa and Latin America and Southeast Asia, like parts of the world that are not so familiar with the skating and suddenly we can kind of craft them together and in a big skating community. Australians who have a long way of coming anywhere. So mm -hmm. kind of a, invite them to compete together. So, so I think that it really opens only also like a really great possibilities addition to what we already have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So could you talk a little bit about your four pillars approach? Yeah, I was, like I said, uh, I, I uh, was thinking about like, like how, uh, what would be the main uh, issues I want to push forward and how to kind of package them uh, so that it's easy to talk about. And that's why the, uh, where the four pillars kind of came out uh, with. And what I uh, really, uh, I think the core of all leadership is, is the values, because that kind of gives the, gives the base for what you stand for kind of it's easy to explain like what's important to you and that's why the, the I feel also the values on building the brand so that's my first pil um, um, pillar is that that values build the brand and that's not my own idea actually I, I met the IOC um, uh, general secretary and and he years ago it's but but uh, he said then that that the Olympic movement is actually only about its values. That's the only thing that's valuable in, in it. And that's what builds the brand. And I was kind of thinking of that. That's an interesting kind of aspect of general secretary to say that the values are the thing um, when we know that it's, it's a hugely recognized brand and, and very valuable. So that is all how we act and, and what ISU does, it, it, how it does it. So, so values are the way of um, communicating with, with, with the world. So that's why I think that's my pillar number one. My, my pillar number two is, is uh, that, that events and series, they, they are the, in, in a way, the core of the actions what um, ISU is doing, because that's how the skaters get in front of the audience. And that's how, how they can, can kind of uh, um, uh, show their talent to, to all of us. So, so, and that's what ISU does. It really brings the, the events where the skaters can, can uh, connect the whole globe with that that um, excellence of performance and but I think it needs to renew as well we have had a similar type uh, type of concepts quite a long time and like I said the world is changing in a rapid uh, way and people are like now we're doing this podcast <laughs> because people don't have time so they, they want to consume things quickly yeah. so I think also our events need to be a little bit um, formatted in a new way so that it is easier to consume <laughs> so for the audience. And also audience, they want to be 
uh, interacting, uh, like kind of involved with the whole whole um, experience. So so it's it's kind of how to take the fans as well a bit more closer to the the whole whole thing. The fans are are very important for for the skaters because they are the the really the core public and and that's I think the collaboration and dialogue uh, with them is is very important so so this is the kind of the where I want the events to go but then I see the my third pillar is about the the new revenues and and uh, and and building like the long term uh, for the for the ISU we have to we've been relying on on um, TV rights quite a long time, but but also the media is renewing. So we have to find a new ways of of um, of, of getting revenues uh, revenues for for the um, ISU. And there again, uh, I think it is with an interaction with this uh, uh, different kind of ways of consuming skating. So we need to package it different. We need to have a bite size. We need to have a longer uh, events where you can really sink into the atmosphere, but different ways of doing it and building series like so that it's easier to follow up because if you have kind of one-off events, it's it's really, really hard to kind of get into that mood of, of kind of following the, the sport. So so series and package it nicely so it's easier to follow. Uh, and I think there comes also the, the revenues. We can kind of, uh, they come uh, hand in hand with the events and the revenues. And then the development is, of course, I've been working six years with that very deeply. But I see that is also how we can get more members to be involved, get them um, better uh, all the time so that we have a really large follow-up around the world. Because that's important for IOC. IOC is a global. We, have, we operate in five continents, but we have to nurture those continents so that they can really operate on the level that that is international. So those are my kind of my four pillars, and and I see that and that if we work on the, each of them uh, all the time, so I think that we can really build uh, and renew the kind of way how ISU is, but remembering also the heritage. It's kind of a, it has its style and it has its way, but it's bringing it in. A, in a new package, in a way, just that that is easier for everybody. Having more fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. seeing it as a brand, like looking mm -hmm. at it as a brand is something new, I think. Mm -hmm. And just looking at things a little bit differently. Yeah, I yeah, I think so too. And I really, uh, like I said, uh, I've been working quite closely with the IOC and seeing how they treat the brand, brand not always well, <laughs> sometimes more successful than the other times, it's not so easy. But I think that how they treat it, it was an interesting approach. And I think that uh, that is what ISU is as well. It stands for the skating 
it, it promotes the skating. It needs to also promote the skaters because mm-hmm. they are the stars. Mm-hmm. So we have to nurture kind of uh, their image as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's what the ISU is. And, you know, the ISU does have this great history. You know, you were just talking you know, all these sports and stuff. But I noticed it really well that it's not surprised that our viewership is dwindling in areas Um, The fans are an aging population, especially in figure skating. Um, And what are some of the things you're thinking you would bring into the next generation of skating fans to get to grow the sport so that it's not, I hate to say it, a dying, you know, industry? Yeah. So, so I I think that, um, uh, like I said, uh, it needs to be packaged in a like a kind of a bite size as well. And so it's easier to consume. I think that is, the, um, it needs to be able to be uh, mobile friendly so that you can follow it up there. So we have to use the all different channel, channels of, of bringing it uh, mm-hmm. to, to skaters, uh, to, to audience, I mean. And then then as, as well, I think that, that we need to uh, see that there is room for innovation also as a skaters, because um, if they renew it, it's exciting. It is something for, for the audience. If, if it's really kept in traditional ways, uh, then we lose the, the, the younger ones. But then I, we did a survey here in Finland when we were producing shows and, and who is actually coming to our, um, our events. And we noticed that it's very often um, it is the mother is bringing their kids and the grandmother. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. very often there's a trace generation. So it's not one, uh, but it, it is that it's very much female sport. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about figure skating. Speed skating is different, but figure skating is is um, very much a female or, uh, audience. But it it is well educated. It usually goes to the theaters and like to go to operas and so on. So we started to to kind of uh, make our events exp- more experiences here in Finland, so that that you get your glass of champagne with when you come. And then you can actually feed your family as well when you come there so that uh, you're not only with the hockey food, food uh, like uh, because it's in a hockey ring, so you get those hockey, hockey food. So, so we kind of started to uh, um, give nice salads and, and we made a pop-up restaurant there and, and things like just that it comes a nice experience in the, in the rings, but then uh, also, like I said, it needs to be uh, easier consumed in, in, um, in a digital world so that you can follow your stars and, and follow the trainings, have a new kind of uh, gadget to, to what the athletes are using. So you get kind of as a, as a fan inside the, the training and see that kind of how it's done. And you need to be able to follow up. So we need to also educate our skaters and everybody involved so that they can uh, invite fans better to follow. So as I said, we need to not uh, nurture our, our athletes as well. You know, I noticed um, in your pillars too about 
new media mm. and about, you know, streaming and mainstream media. And I know with fans, people are having to pay for streams or streams are not readily available to watch their sports. Um, you know, it's a constant, what stream is this on? What a stream is that on? And then here in the U.S., when we have NBC, it's only certain disciplines um, and it's not necessarily always live. It's a tape delay. Um, so how would you envision making events um, via streaming and any other sorts of new media more accessible for fans around the world and to get more eyes watching the sports? I, I think uh, it needs to be renegotiated also with those deals that we have with the networks and, and TV channels. And I think it's a win-win. It's, of course, the networks are very important for ISU, but I, they are also uh, like the, um, uh, transforming to become a more kind of a multi-channel uh, like producers and uh, so all the networks and, and so on. So I, uh, we need to look at it as a broader uh, kind of platform and, and uh, not giving all the rights to one pro uh, provider, uh, but, um, but really be conscious of what we're giving to, to any um, single discipline, like single, a single provider. Maybe they can offer a bigger package. And of course, that is always really great if, if we have a good partners that can, uh, can use multi-channels. But uh, at the moment, I don't, I, I think that very many of those those um, kind of uh, agreement that there are are quite traditionally done. So, so they kind of need to be opened up and seen like like who does what and and, and, and packages it uh, much more narrowly. Mm -hmm. So the ISU just recently approved a new athlete safeguard policy. And I know here in the U.S., we this is something that's been coming to light more over the last couple of years where allegations of misconduct have been coming forward and, um, and things are getting processed. Like, we've moved forward um, in addressing this. Safe sport's important, and everyone has a role to play in making sure that the athletes are safe from abuse and harassment and are allowed to excel to reach their full potential. If you were elected president, what sorts of things would you consider to ensure that safe sport continues to be a positive force in figure skating and speed skating? Yeah, yes, uh, that's a very uh, on the surface uh, like issue in all sports at the moment, like because I'm the vice president of the Finnish Olympic Committee and, and we as an Olympic Committee as well are dealing with the same things and coming with the, uh, with the sustainable uh, sport and, and, and uh, safe, uh, safeguarding uh, children and safeguarding women, safeguarding kind of uh, different sexual orientations, like kind of uh, taking everybody in the, the um, uh, really kind of uh, uh, in a focus and that everybody has the safe way of doing the sports being in a safe in, in audience and, and, and all the, from beginning to the, the, when they are as a young children and as also as an adult. So those issues are, are 
really kind of uh, everywhere at the moment. And for example, we started now um, already as a development commission. So, so um, in in Europe with the federation, uh, the French federation. Um, so ISU joined development joint into into the Erasmus Plus. Uh, so it's EU funded program, which is about uh, safety in sport. So, so French had also, or France had had some cases also in figure skating, and that kind of uh, triggered to start the really uh, uh, educational uh, program, and and this is where we already are partnering. So, so there are coming e-learning uh, modules for for members to use and for athletes to kind of what do they what can they do and so I think it's it's very much of, of um, the policies but it's very much of education it's very much of uh, awareness bringing that we talk about these issues that they are important and there we come back to the values and I in in my values it it stands for respecting others. It really is that, that we respect the other's um, possibility for doing their sport in a safe environment. And, and we have to offer that space for them. And that, that kind of goes under my <laughs> pillar values. And, and in those actually IOC uh, values of, of excellence, respect and friendship. But, but of course, that is that we have to constantly discuss about those issues so that they are on top of everybody's mind. Can you talk a little bit more about the center of excellence concept to the 11 centers that you've been working on? Um, it's a project you've been working on in the development commission at the ISU. Yeah. So that was a, a council uh, and and the, the pre, like Jan Dijkerman, so, so the current president's idea that uh, um, to, to start with the centers of excellence and we've been kind of working on that concept then uh, since we had the pilot uh, phase for two years where we really kind of uh, try to to formulate like like what it is what it is in speed skating what it is in figure skating what what are those requirements the uh, the first idea was that we should have uh, on each continent, like let's say, like its main continent, so Asia, Europe, and America, uh, uh, centers in each of them, and uh, and treating like the whole region. And then it comes the challenge that how can one place treat the whole region? You, you think about America, like like whoa, <laughs> that's a kind of. <laughs> Yeah, very big So, so we're kind big. of like, okay, so what it is, and 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 then we we really started to to think about that 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 um, it is mainly not for everybody, but it's it's mainly for the the different members in the in that region to help them to grow their um, system further. So now, for example, we have the in Detroit. Uh, a center of excellence uh, for for figure skating. So we've been discussing quite a bit that how do they help, for example, the Latin American countries 
to, to raise their level. So we have that collaboration, internships, and so on. So, so what the, it's not meant for treating kind of uh, everybody on the on on that uh, uh, region, but but uh, to treat uh, to to really uh, share their knowledge to help the other members to to come up. So so that's the main main idea. Um, in all of the, we have Southeast Asia, we have in Bangkok, for example. So, so they are really trying to get the neighboring countries coming up uh, and, and collaborate in that area. So, so we have kind of a little bit different in, in every area, like how they do it, but that's the same concept anyways, is that they are helping other countries to come up. Um, you know, we've been talking figure skating and speed skating and synchronized skating. You know, we kind of sometimes forget, too, that it's part of the ISU and it's growing so much. Um, unfortunately, it's still not an Olympic sport. Um, how do you see synchronized skating growing and how would you like to see it gain more exposure and audiences? Yeah, well, I come from the country where synchronized skating is huge. So, so, so that, and, and as a, as also as a president of the Finnish figure skating, so we organized two championships, one for juniors, one for seniors. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and we had the ice rink so full, like, I I think we sold it in two, the the senior championship, um, like world championship in two days. Wow. uh, Sold out. (laughs) So there is a huge, <laughs> huge audience possibility I see not, not only in Finland because it has some so great energy, the, the whole synchronized skating, like the 16 girls uh, and boys in, in the, uh, on the rink. It, it is hugely kind of fascinating. So, so there's, then, then they have their supporters and it's, it's kind of a... Uh, like a big carnival almost <laughs> the atmosphere it's different atmosphere than in singles yeah. and ice dance and and so so i i see it has a huge potential as as a team sport which we don't have otherwise in isu mm-hmm. so it brings a totally different kind of energy into audience experience and also as an as an um, uh, isu discipline so I see it. It is should be pushed forward. What it did in Finland. Um, so so before also when I was uh, skating singles. So that time there was no synchronized skating yet. But it was when I was seventeen. So I started to be already overaged for being in an ice rink. So it's kind of almost like, hey, when when are you quitting? And of course, then I, I, I transformed to ice dance when I was 19. And, and then it kind of got the new life there. But synchronized it the same with ice dance in a way. It kind of allows you to stay longer time. And in Finland, we have like uh, adult teams, quite a many of them. Like uh, there are 80 year olds skating in synchronized. Wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
It's never too no. late. It's never too late. Yeah, but it's so great. So it's kind of a lifelong path what you can do there. And 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 that's I think it's something very, very good for skating. It's it's good for for um for the community. It's that actually you can stay involved doing skating a long time. So so I that's that's why I think it's it's of course it's the, also the synchronized skaters are older. So what it like I started there. I'm sorry I got a little bit sidetracked, but but so so it what it did in Finland is is actually uh, it it raised the the average age of of the skaters and suddenly 17 year old or 20 year old or 25 year old that, that was okay to be in ice ring. So so you are among uh, the other same age skaters and it we doubled uh, our amount of skaters in Finland so it's it's wow. a big sport here yeah hopefully one day it will become an Olympic sport because I think just people would enjoy it um you know it's just it's so exciting to watch it's just a, such a fun sport yeah I, I think so too and I think we just need to push keep on pushing one day it will be. So Octavio Cinquanta was ISU president for 22 years. And Jan Dykema is going to end after four. Do you think in order to get more fresh ideas, the presidency should be like limited? Or do you think good leadership should stay the course? Because both of those men, are, it's two different pieces there like there's two different yeah and uh, no, actually Jan Dijkman now um, is is a bit longer because of the COVID and there couldn't be the congress so, so he actually ended up being a little little longer so but anyways um, uh, I think it always should be limited I think the the very many countries the presidents like the the, the presidents of the countries uh, the terms are limited and I think it's a good good thing because you get to do your your direction in certain time and then it's good that there comes also refreshment I said like I, I left uh, Finnish figure skating after 10 years and I said that I actually I should have left um, um, should have left uh, after eight years but I, I got the one more term, but they said like then, then, but then I said, okay, I use it just to get the next one on board because you somehow you just uh, empty yourself and then it's time for the, the new ones. Uh, I don't even think that it needs to be that long. So not, not 10 years. So, so like kind of two terms or four years is, is quite good. So, so you get, inside of the things and then you can still still make the change and then it's time to to go and this is also like i was thinking that i've been doing six years the development commission i and i they're like okay i might stay i really enjoy it and i might stay there for another two years but then probably it is time for me to go and 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 then i was thinking okay so maybe this is not the perfect time for becoming a president because I, I enjoy development so much, but then it's not never a really a right time. But I know also that it's time, 
comes the time when it is really good to change. Yeah. Well, I think that it's good to be looking at development because I think Gina will Mm -hmm. agree about this. The last couple of years have been really tough on our junior and novice level skaters because they haven't been, they haven't had as many opportunities. There was one year in particular, there really was nothing because COVID had us so locked down. And so Gina and I've had conversations about the development of those skaters because technically they missed a year of that time that it's crucial. So I think being someone who's passionate about development, I think now is a really good time because we need to kind of catch up. Exactly. So, so kind of rethinking like, like, okay, what is the skating? What is the core of this? So skaters need to skate. So that's the kind of a core of it. And then the audience, they need their audience and audience wants to see them. So, so that's kind of, it's so simple. Mm -hmm. So that's, that we kind of need to have those elements, but how they are done, it is like we need to kind of take what what we have as a resources every time. And now with the COVID, there was limited resources, but it doesn't mean that you can't do anything. So we can create then virtual competitions. Okay, they are, it's not the same thing, but it actually is quite fun. It's quite fun to see people skating and it's something new. And, and But then comes a different change again. What, and, and then we have to look at it with the, with the kind of uh, fresh eyes and with open, open, uh, uh, open mind as well. So open mind and open heart, like you said. So, so that, that what can we do here to, to kind of treat the core with this, uh, which is the skating and skaters. And I, I do agree that it's really been overly tough for the, the junior novice skaters. And I think that we really need to treat them, to hold them in the sport because that they might choose not to. So we, how do we get them back? How do we make them love the sport again and kind of see the light, see the, the enjoyment? Because this the fun is the reason why we do it. <laughs> yeah, we've seen that in the U.S. where some kids during the pandemic have decided to move on from the sport. And that's, it's difficult. But I think one thing that with the virtual competitions is it's now created that possibility so that if anything like this happens again, we have something already that's proven it can work and we'll be able to not have to Mm -hmm. develop it it'll be ready to go we'll be able to deploy it at that time exactly and and i think that we even um are gonna use it in a in a you know many ways like i said at connecting the world for example for the novice level uh, it's no point of of getting people traveling all around the world course we have to think about the sustainability as well so they can meet um, in competitions in a virtual world of course it's nice to meet in person and get the, the, the friends and so on but still we can kind of offer more possibilities when it's not possible to meet in person or for the because of the distance or for any other reasons when you can't get close to others 
you say that because also this year I noticed it and it was very helpful was we were able to virtually cover events um, that maybe we wouldn't be able to necessarily travel around the world. Media was able to be virtual this year and it was a great, um, great vehicle to have that we were able to be on zoom talking to skaters at competitions um when we you know not couldn't always travel and and for someone who you know small media outlets like Daphne and I were not able to always travel around the world to cover events so it was a great vehicle to have that and I hope to see it like sort of continue so that you know way there's a lot of media there that is bringing the sport to other people exactly and the media is very important because it's 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 um it is really a link between the sport like the athletes and and the the fans and and audience so so that's um collaboration there uh it's 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 highly important and i think with that collaboration we all also kind of know what is needed what do you need to get your job done? And I, it, it is co-creation of what we have, like so that we can treat the world better. So, so um, I think it's also the way I see leadership. It's it's not from kind of leading alone. It's leading together with others. So so that creating that platform for people to to operate, to find the best ways to create something new, create something fun that that we can share and 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 have really a good time within the skating. So everybody in their own position and, and own way. So this is our community, the, the skating, to give kind of platform for everybody to operate. Yeah, definitely skating is like it's, you know, it's a community. Um, in itself, um, if you are elected, you would be the first female president of the of the ISU. Mm. Um, have you even thought of that? First off, but do you feel this extra pressure to uh, you know embrace this milestone um, if you were elected? Yeah, well, I I think it it kind of a kind of course it 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 would be a historical thing to do, but but uh, I think in a way in an election. Uh, ISU should pick up the best one. It's because of if because ISU's future is important. It's not about the presidents or is it a female or 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 male. I think it's about the ISU who can who can take it to the next level. But at the same time, I because I've been in a sport leadership in so long, so I know how difficult it is for females to get forward as a leader. So I've been I'm embracing uh, women in sports and in leadership position here in Finland. We've been creating for, for leadership path for women and we have been creating uh, coaching paths for, for women coaches. And so, so educational programs and promotional programs and and making milestones and all kind of things. So, so I know it is a kind of a would be a, a milestone also for ISU to have a female uh, president. However, 
as a single election, I think it, we should always uh, elect the best one <laughs> for that position, because that is the four years leadership position for, for taking the organization forward. Did I answer your, so it's, it is important, yeah. but it, at the yeah. same time, yes, we should still treat uh, every election to, to pick up the best one. And I hope yeah. that I am the best one for, for <laughs> uh, the people who are electing. Yeah. We are watching <laughs> it very closely because like you said, this is going to be the leadership in the sport for the next four years. And we're watching it closely because we're interested in the direction that it's mm -hmm. going to take. Yes. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting month. Uh, so whatever happens, I think there's good uh, candidates um, who are running. So I think that the ISU will be in, uh, in a good hands. Uh, it's a, a little bit of matter of, of um, the kind of a... Um, direction um, may, a little bit the style how we're taking it but i think anyways mm -hmm. we have a good good uh, candidates there so i'm really positive for the isu so we want to thank susanna for taking the time to join us we will include a link to her manifesto in our show notes so that you guys can check it out we did reach out to U.S. Figure Skating to see if Pat St. Peter, who was nominated by U.S. Figure Skating for the ISU president position, would like to be a guest on our show. And we're working with them to hopefully make that happen, so please stay tuned. We, of course, will bring you updates from the ISU Council next month. It may end up being a full separate episode, because a lot, there's a lot on the docket. Oh, it sure is. <laughs> So Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? Yes, you can find us at thisweekinskating.com. And again, we promise we will be getting our website looking great here soon. Um, but you can also find us on all our socials, including Twitter. And Twitter is thisweekwkinskating. So thiswkinskating. Facebook and Instagram. And it's just thisweekinskating. Um, and we love your feedback or questions, especially if you got some feedback about today's show. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on our social media or you can email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. And with that, we've reached the end of our episode. Thanks everyone for listening. We appreciate it as always. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week. <laughs>